Hi, Nick Petrella here. This episode is sponsored by Volkwein's Music, a full-service shop that's been meeting the musical needs of musicians for over 135 years. They offer a huge selection of instruments, accessories, music, and more. They also have an unmatched instrument repair department with some of the most experienced technicians in the business. For years, they've serviced my personal and school instruments, and their attention to detail is why I and professional musicians from around the globe trust Volkwein's to service their gear. Head over to volkweinsmusic.com to see what they can do for you. That's V-O-L-K-W-E-I-N-S music.com. Helping people discover music since 1888. Welcome to the Arts Entrepreneurship Podcast, making art work. We highlight how entrepreneurs align their artistry, passion, and vision to create and pursue opportunities to capture value in the arts. The views expressed by guests on the Arts Entrepreneurship Podcast are solely their own and do not necessarily represent the views of the podcast or its hosts. The appearance of a guest on the podcast, the venture they represent, or reference to any product or service does not imply an endorsement or recommendation by the podcast or its hosts. The content provided is for entertainment and informational purposes only and does not constitute business advice. Here are your hosts, Andy Heiss and Nick Petrella. Hello, Arts Entrepreneurship Podcast listeners. My name is Andy Heiss. And I'm Nick Petrella. Saxophonist Kirk Whalem is our guest today. He's a solo artist, band leader, and an in-demand session player who's performed with top artists such as Barbara Streisand, Al Jarreau, Quincy Jones, Whitney Houston, and more. Kirk's received numerous awards, including three Dove Award nominations, an NAACP Image Award nomination, and is a 12-time Grammy Award nominee, winning his first Grammy Award in 2011. In addition to being a phenomenal musician, Kirk is an ordained minister who's passionate about educating aspiring musicians as a music professor at Visible Music College in his hometown of Memphis, Tennessee. We want to give Jody Espina a shout out for introducing us to Kirk, and we're really happy he agreed to be on the podcast. Thanks for joining us, Kirk. Man, what a pleasure. It's so nice to meet both of you and to meet your your loyal uh, fans, uh, (laughs) you know, I guess vicariously. Sure. Yeah. Thank you. So you heard our intro, but please give us a brief biographical sketch on how you got started in the music business. Yes, well, the music business, that part, you know, yeah, starting in the music business, I, I think uh, I, I didn't realize that there was such a thing. <laughs> I was just, I wanted to play the saxophone. I wanted to be in a band, actually. That was the main thing. Yeah. You know what I mean? As, as a 12-year-old, 13, I just wanted to be in a band. And I'm growing up in Memphis, man, I mean, the Bar K's and, the, you know, I could just go mm-hmm. on and on, just so many bands here in town, and all the kids, you know, I think maybe, I think as a, as a boy, you know, growing up in certain towns, it, it was given that you wanted to be, you know, play football, do sports, right, yep. play basketball. And Memphis, it was just about even, you know, sports, music, you know, because Memphis is just that kind of, that kind of place, you know, sure. so probably add preacher in there because there's a whole <laughs> lot of churches here. <laughs> In Memphis, but you know the industry part of it. Um, you know, really, of course, that came later uh, when I got, I got the idea that wait a minute, you know, you can actually go out and make money and and do this, you know, for a living. 
And when my mom got uh, got wind of that plan, she 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 swooped in and said, "Oh, oh no, hold on, you you need to have something to fall back on." There it is. Yeah. And um, you know that whole fall back yeah. thing. You know, I appreciate her because she was looking out for me, right? right? Yeah. But I think certain people, and I'm saying this very carefully, certain people they're gonna do it. Like you have to have a certain diligence, a certain devotion uh, to to the craft to want to be good at it. That puts you in a in a lane where you actually don't have to worry about falling back. Now you do have to be extra prepared, and you have to diversify. But yeah, the whole falling back thing. Being in the mu- the entertainment industry is, you know, you can find a way to to share your gifts. Sure, and and you mentioned uh, sort of the influence of of Memphis uh, in your upbringing. How is that? Uh, so, and and you went away from Memphis for a while, right? You were in Texas, is oh, that yeah. right? Uh, and, yeah. But now you're back in Memphis. So, what was sort of that? Uh, what brought you back to Memphis, and and what keeps you in Memphis? Sure, um, you know, I couldn't get a, away quick enough. Okay. Uh, you know, <laughs> as a uh, you know eighteen year old sure. uh, year old, I was ready to get out of here. And uh, once, you know, we went, I went to Houston to college. We went to Houston to, to go to college because my, my girlfriend and I okay. kind of left here together in a way. Um, and, yeah, now we've been married for <laughs> 41 years. That's and, awesome. um, you know, um, and actually that's 42. I've got to get my numbers together. <laughs> that's right. Tea. But, you know, um, coming back, at, again, we lived in, in Texas. We lived in California. We lived in France. We even moved okay. to Paris for a while. Coming back was really kind of a, 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 a fluke. You know, my father was dying, and okay. and we came back basically to kind of, you know, accompany him in this in this uh, this final uh, leg of his journey. And um, we once we got here, we realized pretty quickly, oh my goodness, this is such a cool place. Mm-hmm. I don't remember it like this. Go figure. You know, mm-hmm. I was eighteen. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Your tenure as a musician spans decades. What has changed most over the years in the industry, and what do you think has stayed the same? Well, it's interesting, right? You know, um, when you talk about music as an industry, right away it's like non sequitur, right? The music industry, mm-hmm. you yeah. know. But uh, because most of us got into this because we just love it. And, you know, I bet that probably describes you too. Like, I don't want to get into this business. <clears throat> if I had my way, I wouldn't do any business. <laughs> I would only do music. But but the, but it has changed drastically. And it's exponential, you know, the change. And it's, you know, sometimes it's a little dizzying, you know. Um, I just could not wait as a 21-year-old, 22, to, to make a record, you know, to get a, to get a record deal. Mm-hmm. And so I could make one of those things, you know, a, a LP, mm-hmm. uh, maybe even have a single. And, you know, so once I finally did that, it, you know, it, I had this crazy story at the beginning that was very sad and very tragic in terms of how I, you know, had my expectations were dashed right at the beginning which is the best time to get them dashed. That way you can kind of get your feet, you know, your sea legs. And, sure. and that, that happened with me. And, and then, you know, little by little, you get to do what I call the real thing, you know, where you build here, you build there. It's incremental, you know, me playing at little clubs in Houston and Austin and San Antonio and Dallas, Fort Worth, you know, that was my domain where I got to build something. And, and, those people, I run into those people, man, 
at the Nice Jazz Festival at you you know Montreux uh, Montreux who's in French uh, you know the North Sea Festival I'm running to them people say I heard you at Cody's this <laughs> nightclub in yeah. Houston so again so so I highly recommend people who are interested in in, in doing this don't you know get starry eyed too quick get into the I am playing for this room full of people even if it's on Zoom like I'm playing for this room full of people and I want to do my very best and and then do it again the next night and then the next and the next week and the next month and the next year and you'll look around people will come and say man 35 years ago I heard you at Cody's in Houston and that to me is is such uh, it, it's um you know, I can't think of the word, but just sure. so heartwarming. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I got a follow-up question. A lot of entrepreneurs, we, arts entrepreneurs, it's always failures and setback that help shape them. It's the persistence. It's the willingness to embrace ambiguity. So would you, would you mind going into a little bit about that setback and how yeah. that shaped you? Yeah, I, I love the ambiguity. Yeah, that definitely. Is, uh, good. It was def- definitely ambiguous. Um, I got signed to a label okay. uh, to to Arista Records, and at the time, Kenny G had, had, was just signed to, to that label, and and this kind of what became smooth jazz. I mean, to us, it was contemporary jazz, sure. where we were, you know, kind of lit on fire by you know Sly and the Family Stone and Rufus and Shaka mm-hmm. Khan, and all along we were also studying traditional jazz, you know, so listening to Coltrane and Gene Ammons and all that. So those things came together for um, Spiral Gyra, you know, and that was who I heard that let me know, man, this is cool. This is kind of the lane I live in. Mm -hmm. And so I I went to the races with my band playing at the small club in Houston and doing all kinds of original material, you know, writing and arranging and learning, basically learning how to be a good host. Yeah. You know, hi, how you doing? You know, thanks for coming. I I saw you last week, whatever. So those things I was doing, got a record deal, went out to L.A. to do the record for Arista. Long story short, it went terribly. Like, we weren't kind of ready, and the material wasn't great, and the production was really not good. Mm -hmm. Uh, This particular person who will remain nameless spent the money, you know, and did not really do you know a great job, and would not cooperate and, co- and communicate with the record label. So we were persona non grata, man, in this scenario, and the, it fell apart. Yeah. And that we came home from LA with no record, and I was devastated. Yeah. I just thought, this can't be. I mean, because I was on my way, yeah. you know. But I think that part of it, the expectation part of it, is very much. Um, you know, the thing that you have to watch. And I think we have to be careful when we say, you can do anything you set your mind to. You know, we tell a young mm-hmm. artist or young musician, but we have to be careful to prepare them. And listen, it may not go the way you think. Yeah. But but you can absolutely do it. And that's the thing, yeah. and Andy can probably relate to this, but what is it, investing? They say the same thing, you know. Yeah. It's it's really not good if you get a if you hit a home run when you first start because you think everything's <laughs> like that. Then you're always swinging for the fences. It's good to sure. have a little setback when you start. Uh, I'm going to take your word on that, uh, you know, <laughs> since I don't have a whole bunch of investments. But yeah, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> so as a musician, uh, collaboration is um, is a really important part of what you do. Um, how do you approach uh, new partnerships, new collaborations? 
Thanks for saying that. You know, collaboration is everything. You know, when I sit down to a meal, and I love Japanese food in particular, but I love all kinds of food. When you sit down, I am wanting to see what this tastes like along with this. Uh, okay, now I'll try this with that, mm-hmm. and then that with this. So to me, it's always just like, let's combine these flavors and these seasonings and um, spices. So, yeah, that's exactly what music is like yeah. for me in particular. But I think most of us love that, you know, like, man, I don't want to always be eating that same thing, you know. <laughs> You know, I, I know people who you sit down to a plate and they'll eat all of the corn and then, and then they eat all of the green beans. <laughs> is, yep. is that you, man? No, you do that? no that's my wife. <laughs> it's, it's actually, that, that, that's actually me too. Yeah, I have one thing at a time, yeah. That's really funny. So, yeah, collaboration is it. Uh, once I got that, I really went crazy with it. In fact, on my, to celebrate my 60th birthday, I just threw Carson to the wind threw up a bunch of credit cards and just went to seven other countries. And then, of course, in this country, uh, recorded collaborations. Nice. And I did collaborations with some artists I had, had sort of heard about, some I had in- encountered on the road in Indonesia, in Kenya, in South Africa, whatever. And I did this record called Humanité, which in French we say Humanité, which means humanity, of course. And it was just it was to to emphasize and celebrate that very thing, collaboration mm-hmm. between two things that can be very different, mm-hmm. right? And then when you collaborate, you realize, wait, there is something that binds us together. You know, there are some things that we share, so many things that we share in common, you know, as humanity, hopes and dreams and fears and failures and all of that. Yeah. And so it came out such a, so well. In fact, my my filmmaker buddy Jim Hayden heard that I was going on the street. He said, "You know what? I'm going too." Uh, and and he documented the whole thing uh, and made cool. a movie out wow. of it. Oh, that's cool. And the movie is called Humanité: The Beloved Community. We'll make sure we link to that. Yeah, for sure. Yes, sir. You're yeah, it's great. available. People can get it on Amazon and all those other things. Excellent. Right. So it sounds like it. It sounds like a kind of like curiosity seems to be sort of the like you're like. I've got my thing. There's this other thing going on over here that I think is kind of interesting. I wonder what would happen if. It is absolutely about curiosity. I think that, you know, um, my wife just sent me an article um, about, uh, who was it? <clears throat> the great chef who passed away, um, uh, Anthony Bourdain. Oh, right. And <clears throat> the curiosity is what drove him. And by the way, you know, I kind of followed in his footsteps with Humanité, like kind of, you know, musical Anthony Bourdain, yeah. like yeah. to go to these different places and mix all this stuff up and try all these exotic things, exotic to me, uh, you know, this dish here in Indonesia and this dish in Kenya and South Africa and France and, and you know, England, even New Zealand. You know, it, it was just such a beautiful yeah. experience you know i'll probably be paying for it for a long time but <laughs> at least i got this project out of it yeah. and i'll say that we were able to or jim hayden was able to tie it all into my memphis roots by virtue of the movie is called humanity the beloved community uh, that is a phrase that martin luther king yeah. you know he didn't come up with it but he certainly made it uh you know his his um his theme you know like People who are on the margins all over the globe are united by their need and by their beauty. Mm. 
And so, man, the beloved, by their, the fact that the Creator loves um, and values them, all of us. So to me, man, that, 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 that tied it all together so beautifully. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. That's you know, it's, when I listen to you speak, and we've had a chance to talk a little bit prior to it, it seems, listening to you speak, you're really a master student. Because I, I don't think, you know, if they t- talk about master teachers, th- there's really no such thing in my opinion. It's a master student because you're, you always, in the sidebar conversations we've had, it's not the curiosity. You, you seem to be always learning. For instance, I was reading, you speak how many languages? Um, including English, which <laughs> I'm still working with, um, three, French and Spanish. You know. Yeah, that's, that's great. Yeah. That's great. Well, and that's why when you look at the collaborations that you're doing and the way you're putting things together, I think young people can learn a lot from that because you've got to always keep that goal of learning, keeping fresh. To, to be a learner, you know, yeah. um, there's some philosophers that definitely have spoken to that, you know, being a lifelong learner. And, and I, I really do, you know, I feel like if I could go and do surgery, I would learn faster. You know, I, I would go in there and I would yeah. tweak whatever that is, you know, because I do, I'm a very slow learner. And I think that's another thing that's important when it comes to, uh, you know, young musicians, kind of, you know, finding, how do you learn? You know, just to learn a, a lot about yourself. Mm-hmm. One of the things is how do you learn and at what speed do you learn? And it, it's fine. The person sitting next to you might learn really fast. I, I did an interview for the Sax Law mm-hmm. uh, with Joel Fromm. And Joel Fromm is one of the, you know, the preeminent tenor saxophonist in this, in this time. And his technique is just freaking scary, you know. It's like, how is that done? And and so you have to be able to, to contextualize all those things and say, well, yeah, okay, that's his thing. You have your thing. Yeah. This person has it. Tia has her that's thing. Right. Yeah. You know Jeff Coffin. So, yes, uh, to your point, absolutely. Uh, never stop learning. Being a musician can be challenging, especially for those who aren't in demand or who have steady gigs. What advice do you give your students to help them have a sustainable career? Man, that's an excellent point um, that the life of a musician was was once told to me um, by a great musician um, that the life of a musician is a life of faith. And that being a person of faith and even a minister, of course, I resonate with that, but um, George Bohannon, the trombone player, told me that years ago, sitting in a session, you know, uh, there in L.A. And he said, man, yeah, I've, I have put, you know, four kids through college with this piece of tubing, this plumbing called mm-hmm. trombone, <laughs> you know. And, and but I, you know, basically remain devoted to that instrument and to growing on that instrument, and it, it in turn, God uses that so that you would be able to do that. And I can say the same thing, man. My oldest kid is 44, youngest is 34, and yeah, we paid for four tuitions, and yeah. we're almost done paying for them, <laughs> um, you know, and four cars and four apartments yeah, right. and all of that playing a horn. And so for people who say, well, ah, man, you got to have something to fall back on, yes, or... And it just depends. Like again, just like we talked about, one person learns this way, that person learns that way, or your destiny, your path might be maybe like mine. 
it may or not may not, but where you're you're devoted to that thing to where you're gonna wake up every day and you're gonna do that thing and you're gonna get better today than you were yesterday. And the same thing is gonna happen tomorrow. And that's the only way, that's the only math that makes that work. And you know, um I'm gonna think of the of the writer in a second, but about ten thousand hours. Malcolm Gladwell, um, I think. Malcolm Gladwell, yeah. you know, uh talking about the mastery of something. You know, um, the outlier. That's the name of the book. And, you know, that person is going to bypass that 10,000 hours by thousands of hours because of that little thing inside of you that is not going to be satisfied with wherever you are today. You know, and so, yeah, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's great. You know, earlier on, you said, uh, you know, when you were 21, 22, all you wanted to do is play your horn, right? Figure out a way to, to play. Um, and that was your main focus. And, and you've also kind of touched on the fact that, you know, if you, if you didn't have to do the business stuff, you wouldn't. And so my question to you is, do you now or have you ever seen yourself as an entrepreneur or as a business person? So that, that's funny, right? Um, on a good day, I will admit that I have you know, uh, by the way, in French, entreprendre, the, mm-hmm. the verb, you know, to take on, right? An entrepreneur, one who takes on. Mm-hmm. I, I have done that, you know, in some, in some ways. Like I have a series called The Gospel According to Jazz. Now, that didn't exist before I did it. Mm-hmm. And I'm very careful, you know, someone said, well, you are the, you know, you, you, you how, how did he say it? You came up with gospel jazz. I'm yeah. like, I so didn't, but, <laughs> but I can at least say that, yes, what I did with that particular thing was something that I took on, and I got a Grammy for one of them, and then I'm, you know, I got George Duke and Layla Hathaway and, you know, Jonathan Butler, all these great musicians involved in a setting where they were free to be spiritual beings, you know, it's like, okay, I may not have the same faith as you, I may not be on the same path as you, but I am absolutely a spirit inside this body. And so that, I will say, yes, ended up being entrepreneurial. And guess what? I mean, there's so many logistics involved with every aspect of what we do, what you guys did to contact me and to set things up. And these are the questions, blah, blah, blah. And here's the link. And so there's a lot of logistics involved with, with, you know, entrepreneur, right? But at the heart of it, you want to focus on what you do well and then delegate as much as you can to people who do those things well. Uh, and, and it tends to work out. Yeah. In preparation for this interview, I took a look at your performance schedule and you're really all over the U.S. next month. Traveling is exhausting. So what do you do to stay performance ready when you're on the road? Right. I, I uh, you call it, I travel all over the country pretty much every month. There's a lot of insanity, <laughs> you know, uh, bing bong bing. Because, you know, with us, we don't do the sort of, like if you're a big star or a right. rock and roll music or country musician, you get on a bus and you kind of yeah. carve a path, you know, from here, <clears throat> here to there. <clears throat> and you have dates all in between. We don't get that luxury. We have a date you know, in Atlanta and then a date in New Jersey. You know, last week it was, you know, Napa Valley and then, you know, St. Louis. I mean, it just it, it just really depends. And so, yeah, you know, there's an aspect of that that is pretty hard to, 
you know, hard to to keep up the older you get. Like, and I'm 64 now, and so, you know, fortunately, the older you get, the the, the earlier you tend to wake up, so that helps. <laughs> but still, that four o'clock wake up call, it, it hurts, you know. And you got to get up, and in many cases, you have to drive to the nearest city. In this case, last week Napa, we had to get to San Francisco in traffic. Mm-hmm. In San Francisco, traffic is notorious. So, you know, flights, you got to start out four hours before when that flight is. So, you know, that's the kind of thing that you discover on your road to glory. You know, like, I'm going to be a big star. Yeah. No, you are going to have to wake up at four in the morning. Are you good with it? And are you going to be a, a pouty, whiny baby <laughs> when, when that clock goes off, you know, and you're in a bad mood? You're riding in a van with a whole bunch of other people who had to go, do the same, <laughs> same thing, thing as you. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? So think about it yep. before you say, oh, I'm going to be a star. Like, no, how about you be a good person first? And then, you know, that that will help a lot. Yeah. Thanks for listening. If you like this podcast, please subscribe. Visit artsentrepreneurshippodcast.com to learn more about our guest and how you can help support artists, the arts, and this podcast. Mm-hmm.